0: A reading from the book of Revelation. And to the messenger of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. But knowing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked, therefore I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, that you may be rich, and white garments to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen, and salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and chasten, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. He who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I myself conquered and sat down with my Father on his throne the word of the lord
1: let's pray lord jesus christ who spoke this word to laodicea please speak it to our hearts today amen this short series of talks is on the authentic good news which jesus christ offers to one and all. And today I want to speak very personally to anyone who feels a bit like this. Well, I go to church and I try to live a decent life, but Jesus seems rather remote to me. I wouldn't describe my spiritual experience as good news. I guess I'm on my way, but I haven't got there yet. Well, I think we can get a lot of help in solving this one from the place that was referred to in our reading. The ascended Christ is addressing seven churches in the province of Asia, and we have just heard what he says to the church in Laodicea. It prompts the question, who are these people? Laodicea was a big, prosperous city, a hundred miles inland from Ephesus a crossroad for the north-south and the east-west trade routes. It had three great claims to fame. One, it was a banking centre. Two, it was a manufacturing centre, and they made uh, woollen garments from particular black sheep, which are grazed on the hills nearby. And thirdly, there was a big medical centre specialising in work for the visually impaired. Actually, those three things, banking, manufacture and medicine, are very appropriate here in Birmingham. The Christian faith had taken root some 20 years before this was written, and I guess the church looked pretty impressive. Good congregations, no doubt, uh, energetic minister, um, splendid music and so forth. But whereas man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart and he says... I know your works". Well, what does Jesus see? They are lukewarm. That word would have sent shockwaves through the original readers because of their water supply. There is no water at Laodicea, never has been. It is piped from miles away and in the blazing sun um, it is lukewarm by the time it arrives. It's revolting. They used it as a emetic to make themselves sick. These guys ate an enormous amount and they would have five courses and then they'd take this, this lukewarm water and up it would come and then they'd have another five courses. Uh, pretty revolting. Um, well now, the church was like that lukewarm water. They were fair-weather Christians. They were Sunday Christians. But it made no difference to their Monday through Saturday life. I'm sure they would have said, "Uh, keep Christianity to an hour on Sundays. Don't let it affect real life. They were respectable, but they were not passionate. Sin was acknowledged, but it was not forsaken. The cross was an ornament in the church or round the neck. It was not a mark of sacrificial discipleship. They were lukewarm, and God cannot stand the lukewarm. It makes him sick, and so he says, I will spew you out of my mouth. Powerful words. Why were they lukewarm? Because Jesus had never been given access to the personal lives of those churchmen. They had everything in that church, (laughs) except Jesus. They were so full of themselves that Jesus could find no room in their lives. And so he says, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Listen to what they thought about themselves. I am rich, they said. And those bankers were rich. I have prospered. Yes, those woolen coats went everywhere. I have need of nothing. I'm okay. And listen to the real situation as Jesus sees it with his x-ray eyes. You are wretched. Paupers despite your wealth. No riches in Christ. He's shut out. You're pitiable. Burdened not with debt, but with your possessions. But you have no joy, no peace, no deep inner fulfillment because Christ, the donor, is shut out. You are poor, poor in relationships, poor in moral power, poor in peace of mind. Of course, Christ is shut out. You're blind, he says, blind to your condition despite your eye hospital. They didn't see their need. And they didn't see what he could do for them naturally because christ was shut out and they were naked naked despite their fleeces one day they will stand before the judge of the whole earth and so will we and our garments of decency and outward show will be seen to be moth eaten all our fancied goodness will look like filthy rags beside the blazing purity of God. There will be no place to hide. What a mess. Wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, naked, despite being the church people of Laodicea. They were lukewarm, you see. Jesus Christ was shut out. Well, what does Jesus offer to remedy this situation? He offers a gift and a challenge. The gift is magnificent. He offers new wealth, the gold of his companionship, his power over temptation, his love for other people, his guidance, his heaven. And he offers new clothes, white robes to cover the mess that their clothes are in. Take this black garment here as what I must look like before God. And this is what the Lord is willing to clothe you and me with, the perfect goodness of Jesus Christ, so that we can can stand tall before him. We can stand with no blame attaching to us, forgiven, marvelous and then he offers new vision I salve the blindness will be gone and they'll have 20 20 vision and see his attractiveness and how he wants us to work for him in this needy world a wonderful offer but note the challenge be zealous and repent get a grip Change direction. That's what that word repentance means. About turn. A complete change of direction and attitude towards the great lover who stands at the door of our lives and knocks while we pay no heed. That's the great sin. That's the thing that needs to change. Well, what must we do? Open up, says Jesus. Invite me into your lives. The analogy is very vivid. Laodicea had these four great gates. And often after dark, as they were shut for the night, a traveler would have come and hammered on the door for admission. Or, or think of your life not as a city, but as a house. The Lord made that house of your life. He has every right to come in. But we, the tenants, stole it from him, and um, locked him out. He then bought the house back at tremendous cost on the cross. He made the house. He bought the house. He has a double right to come in. But he declines to do so until you and I ask him in. He loves you too much to force you. And so he knocks and woos and waits and once you let him in life begins to change you feel in touch with the one you always sensed was there but had never gotten to know it's as though you were seeing the sort of shape of somebody outside the frosted window of a door swing that door open it's the door of your will ask him in it'll be the best decision you've ever made I know it was for me No more filthy clothes. No more spiritual blindness. The spirit of Jesus will gradually change us from the inside if we let him in. He can't do it from the outside. And so he says, look, I stand at the door and knock. I wonder what your answer is. Is the door bolted? Maybe there's the bolt of misunderstanding that has been shot some people confuse inviting the Spirit of Jesus into their lives with some past spiritual high, maybe confirmation or a crusade meeting or something like that. No, it is the deliberate conscious inviting of Jesus to say, please come and share my life with me. Come and be my Saviour and my Lord. It's all about the will. Some people make another misunderstanding. They um, think they have to keep repeating this invitation every day. Not so. It is as once for all as being adopted into a family is. We should often need to come back to him and say sorry. But we never need to ask him to come in again. Christ is either in you or he's not. If you ask him in, it's for life and for eternity. The bolt of misunderstanding, the bolt of doubt. I'm not good enough. He says, if anyone opens the door, I will come in. That's good enough for you, isn't it? I could never keep it up, you think. You couldn't, sure, but he will keep you up. I don't feel emotional. This is lunchtime. You don't have to feel emotional to open a door. Would he really come in? He says, I will come in, and he can never break his word. Would he make me miserable? No, I will sup with him, and he with me. The bolt of misunderstanding, could you draw that? The bolt of doubt, and what about the bolt of fear? Fear of the future, what will it cost to follow Jesus? It's tough, but think of what it will cost to say no. No deep, lasting fulfilment. No ultimate purpose in life. No forgiveness. No heaven. Perhaps it's the fear of letting Christ down. Well, He gives you His Holy Spirit inside you, and He gives you His Church around you, and these are a tremendous help with that one. What about the fear of laughter from your mates if they suddenly see you taking the Christian faith seriously? Look, perfect love casts out fear and you will be taking perfect love on board. I have to say that in my experience many people in the mainline churches are like the Laodiceans. They're lukewarm and for the same reason because they have never asked Christ into their lives. You may be like that And I would urge you to really be honest with yourself today. Get it sorted now, while it's crystal clear. Draw these bolts. Invite Jesus in, if you have never done so before. He's either in you, or he's not. There is no middle ground. In his own words, you're either lost or found. You're either on the narrow way that leads to life, or the broad way that leads to destruction. And he says, decide. Seek the Lord while he may be found. He can be found here. Call on him while he's near. He's near now. But near is not good enough. Ask him in, into your life, and start the greatest adventure and the greatest partnership in the world with the spirit of the world's creator and redeemer actually living in you. Just one question. Do I hear you say, how could I ask him in? Here are three words that a small child learns to say very early on. Sorry, thank you, please. That's how we ask him in. Let's bow our heads. And if you know you've never asked him in, you might like to echo this prayer of sorry, thank you and please under your breath for yourself but only if you really mean it. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the mess in my life but I am most sorry for having kept you out so long. Thank you that you died for my forgiveness on the cross. Thank you that you're alive again to me, my companion and my friend and my Lord. Please, please come in by your unseen spirit into my life now and never leave me. And I promise that I am willing to be known as your follower without embarrassment. Amen. May I just say this? Could you be kind enough to pick up that blue card. There are pencils in the pews in front of you. I hope you have already filled in your name and details. And you'll notice at the bottom two options. One says count me in, the other says tell me more. Would you be kind enough now, speedily, to check that little space, count me in, If you have today asked Christ into your life or intend to do so, count me in. Check that box. Check it now. And if you say, well, no, I'm not quite ready yet. I've got some difficulties I need to resolve um, and discuss first, then check. Tell me more. And in either case, you will receive a phone call from one of the staff here Uh, discussing with you how you can best take things further in your own particular situation. I'll be speaking on that generally tomorrow, what next? But you will have your own situation which will be best resolved in a conversation with one of the staff. Could you please fill those cards in, if you so wish, and leave them in the basin here or at the back? Um... And, um, or, or you just leave them on the seat and we'll pick them up afterwards. But do make sure that if you've made one of those responses to Christ to ask him in or to really seek to pursue it, um, you will leave your name and details and the checked card um, either in the basin or on the seat. And now, let's close our eyes and ask God's blessing. May the blessing of the living God, who offers such grace to human beings, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, bless, preserve, and keep you, and above all bring you to know the Saviour of the world. Amen.